Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. And this has been a lot of fun. If you've been listening lately, you know how excited I am that we crossed that 300 episode mark. And I think the show has gotten better. As I've been listening to the episodes myself and the feedback I've been getting from people, I think there's just a lot of information, a lot of nuggets of knowledge that are being dropped by the guests that are inspiring people who are in the audience. And I know most of you in the audience are people who are either trying to carve your own path or you're dreaming of starting your own path as an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, or sometimes just being more entrepreneurial inside your job. So before we get started today, I have to thank one of our sponsors of the show, and today's show is brought to you by Open Sky Fitness. If you're an entrepreneur and you are tired of buying into that hustle mentality and you know you have to find some healthy balance, you're not alone. Rob at Open Sky Fitness helps busy high achievers push away from their desk and carve out some time for healthier choices based on your own personal goals. If getting into better shape is your goal, and I know for a lot of you it probably is, and you seek either online coaching or in-person training if you live in the Los Angeles area, you have to talk to Rob. Check out his offerings at openskyfitness.com and subscribe to his Open Sky Fitness podcast on iTunes. Now, I'm also going to tell you, I joined his eight-week challenge, and we're only three days into it, and he is kicking my butt, and uh, it's actually all good stuff. I I, I signed up to do an eight-week course that he's doing, and every morning I log on and I will tell you, I'm I'm happy, but I'm really, really sore. I'm making old man noises when I get out of the chair because Rob is kicking my butt. But uh, I check him out at OpenSkyFitness.com. Now, today's guest is someone, oh God, I've known Mara for so long. It's somebody I've probably known for over a decade. But recently, we've been just running into each other a lot. Our paths have been crossing. We were at a couple conferences together this year, and uh, I actually got a chance to re-watch her TEDx talk that she did a few years ago, and she's just really smart. She is a productivity expert, someone who focuses on attention management and work-life balance. And work-life balance, that's something we all struggle with. And this whole idea of where do we put our attention, that really matters in our productivity. So I asked her if she would come on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about her journey, but also a little bit about why your attention matters and, and, and why you want to strive for that balance and get more productive. Hey, Maura Thomas, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks for having me, Tom. So happy to be here. No, I should have had you on the show a year ago. I don't know why I didn't get around to it till now. We're up, you know, way past 300 episodes now. And I, the other day when I ran into you, I'm like, why has Maura never been on the show? So that's awesome. Congratulations. So, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been fun too. I'm, I'm learning a lot. It's like my own personal little university interviewing smart people like you. Hey, why don't you tell us who is Maura Thomas and what is your business all about? Sure. Uh, yeah, I uh, speak to people and I train groups inside companies and I write a whole lot of stuff about productivity and attention management as the new path to productivity. And uh, also a lot of stuff about work-life balance. I've been doing this for my whole professional career, which is almost uh, 20, <coughs> a long time. <laughs> now, did you start off working for yourself doing this or did you work in corporate America doing this stuff? 
I worked in corporate America doing this stuff for about 10 years. And then I uh, started my business in 2003. And what so caused you, what caused you to take that leap and, and start your own company? Yeah, I, uh, I realized I was not a great employee. <laughs> I, really, I didn't like all the rules. I didn't like not being in control of my time. And um, I just wanted more independence. And also when I moved to Austin 15 years ago, there's such a great, as you know, small business community here and startup culture. And there's all kinds of resources and groups. And uh, it was just sort of where I found my tribe of like-minded people. So there's a lot of stuff written about productivity and about uh, work-life balance, time management. So what, what, how has it changed over the years, if that's what you've been doing for so long? How has it changed and, and sort of what's your specialty? What do you teach people? Yeah, I got started when uh, in the days of paper-based planners, right? When everybody carried that big notebook around with the three-ring binder and the zipper with the leather, you know, on the front. And it was a whole bunch of calendar pages <laughs> in between. And um and, you know, that was great for a while until, you know, the internet and the, uh, the technology and smartphones and email and all that kind of stuff. And now it's just, um, it's just, it's not as efficient um, to manage your life on paper as, I mean, it used to be all we had, but now that we have better tools. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, so about, I don't know, 10 Ten or nine years ago, I came to the conclusion that um, time management was not serving people. We always knew that you can't really manage your time. But back in the days before paper-based, uh, before the internet and before smartphones and stuff, you could go into your office, right? And you could close the door because you had an office and you had a door, right? <laughs> and you could, <laughs> you remember those days? Yeah, I work at Starbucks now, so I don't have a door or an office. <laughs> and so... Um, you could, you could, you know, say, okay, at nine, you could put your phone on do not disturb because you only had one, right? The desk <laughs> phone. And then if your desk phone was on do not disturb and your office door was closed, that was it, right? You could say, well, at nine, I'm going to do this. And at 10, I'm going to do this. And at 11, I'm going to do this. But now it just doesn't work that way anymore. We have, um, we not only do we have the internet at our fingertips, the whole world at our fingertips, distracting us in a million different ways, but we're, we've also been conditioned by the internet to recognize that like, you don't have to wonder about anything. So if you're typing, like if you're doing a proposal to a client, but all of a sudden this stray thought wanders into your brain that, hey, I wonder if it's gonna rain tomorrow. There's no wondering. You just stop what you're doing because you know in a few keystrokes, you can have the answer and you don't need to wonder anymore. So we've been, not only do we have the internet to interrupt us, but we also have been conditioned to the interruptions so that we interrupt ourselves. So really what matters much more than attention, man than what matters more than time management now is attention management because so how you manage your time is only relevant to the extent that you also devote your attention. So I hear a lot about attention management and you're one of the leading people. If you Google attention management, you find Maura Thomas. So what is it that, what is attention management? Because I hear the term all the time. Yeah. Attention management is your ability to control your attention, to focus on the task at hand, to single task, to maximize your time, and to unleash your own genius. Because when your attention is scattered among a bunch of different things, you're really not bringing your full knowledge and skills and abilities to whatever it is you're doing. And because most of us operate now doing more than one thing all the time, really 
that's not exactly true because our brain can only do one thing at a time, right? But we switch among all these different things. We check an email for two minutes and then we answer the phone real quick and then we go back to that proposal that we were doing, but then, oops, there comes a new email. So let me just check that and then no back to the proposal and then, oh, the the cell phone, right? So <laughs> Did, really- were you, were you videotaping me like an hour ago? <laughs> That's like my t- typical day. Oh, got to go do this. Up, up. Is it going to rain tomorrow? That You just described my yeah. life. Yeah. It's how most people operate, which means that we're only bringing a tiny fraction of our brain power to our, to our work and to our lives. And so it, to me, attention management is all about living a life of choice uh, a life of proactivity rather than reactivity oh. and um, and and the ability to achieve your significant results in a meaningful way. So proactivity versus reactivity. This is something for entrepreneurs I think we should delve a little deeper into. How does a business person with so many fires happening around them, maybe they have a small business, maybe they have a couple of employees, you know, they, they have to wear all the hats. How do they go between, you know, those two things? How do they get more proactive rather than reactive? Yeah. Part of the problem is that most people don't really know all the stuff they need to do, right? Most people just sort of show up at work and do whatever happens to them, right? We we show up, oftentimes we show up with a plan, like here are the things I want to get done today. But as soon as you check your email, 805, those plans are out the door, right? So, um, so instead of wondering, you know, I've got all this stuff, I've got all these flags in my email, right? All these emails that I've got flags that I've got to get back and do stuff. And then I've got this, um, all these sticky notes covering my desk. And then I've got these, this notebook that I take into meetings with me and there's a bunch of stuff I need to do in there. And I've got all these thoughts swirling around in my brain. So that's really distracting and it's very hard. Stopping to think feels like a luxury that we can't afford. And so instead of saying, what really is the best use of my time? Because we know that's going to take a minute <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> we just move on to something else. If an entrepreneur is listening to this and I was making a joke saying, you just described my life. What are the steps they can take to get less scattered? Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're conditioned to distractions. So um, in the absence of distraction, we actually seek out the distraction. <laughs> so um, we have to recognize how distracted we are and how often we allow ourselves to be distracted. But really, there's three steps to attention management. First thing is you have to control your environment. And people always say to me like, oh, I, I work in this open office floor plan and it's so loud and I, you know, everybody's always interrupting me and I can never get anything done. The truth is we're really not the victims of our environment that we think we are, right? Like if you put a sign on your desk or on the back of your computer screen that said, please do not disturb, your coworkers would probably honor that as long as it wasn't there all day, every day, right? If you just, you know, constantly say, do not disturb, then that's not going to work. But, you know, 15 minutes every hour, 20 minutes every hour, or for the first hour, you know, in the morning, a couple hours in the morning, and then a couple hours in the afternoon. I mean, you have to carve out time for yourself to get your stuff done. So first step, control your environment. Second step, control your technology. Again, we act like we are slaves to our devices, when in fact, you could use do not disturb. You Most people I know never put their phone on silent. It's never really on silent. It's really on vibrate. It's not the same thing. Right? So take control um, of your technology, even when you're checking email, right? Sometimes the task before you is to work through the emails in your inbox because usually that's work, right? It's from clients, it's from coworkers, it's from vendors, it's work that you have to deal with. But you can't even do that if the emails keep coming in, 
right? You ever set aside some time and you're like, okay, I'm going to clean out my email inbox. But every time you read one, one more comes in. (laughs) It's like if you were digging a hole and I stood across from you shoveling the dirt back in, right? You don't get very far. So you can work in offline mode. Um, You can put your phone on do not disturb um, or airplane mode or whatever it is and just take control of your technology. That's the second component. And then the third component is to control your own behavior. And that's usually the hardest part, right? That is, that is the, 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 the urge that we have all the time to, um, you know, when it's too quiet, we're so used to distraction. When it's too quiet, do you ever find yourself going, hey, is the server down? Because I haven't gotten a message in a while. <laughs> or like, just yeah, su- your- Sundays, I don't get a lot of emails on Sundays and it just feels weird. It's like, why, right? aren't there, why aren't there emails flying at me all day long? That's right. So recognizing that. So the way that you can work yourself out of that state of constant distraction is to uh, lots of things. You can practice mindfulness. You can, you know, just a few minutes every day to get some quiet time so that you get used to the time, to the quiet and to the, to the undistracted time. I tell people to set a timer. Um, If 10 minutes feels like a long time, you know, set it for eight minutes where you do only one thing you you close the door if you have one or you go someplace quiet, you put your phone on do not disturb, and then you do just one thing for some period of time until the timer goes off. And then that's a way for you to build your attention span back up. Because the truth is, our constant distractions are really just eroding our attention span. Do you feel like your attention span is shorter than it used to be? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, everybody does. And um, so what we need to do is build, instead of always chipping away at our attention span. We need to learn to build it back up. So you've done a great job of building your business over the 15 years. Like I said, I've known you probably not the whole 15 years, but I've known you well over half of that amount of time. And I've just watched you really, really expand in in an amazing, positive way. Is that because you live by this? Are you so successful because you manage your attention and because you're an expert in productivity? Is that what has helped you grow your own business? I would like to believe that that has something to do with it. I'm sure it probably does. Um, but, you know, I mean, everybody seems like everybody seems like an overnight success. It only took them 12 years to get there. Right? <laughs> that is true. I think it's, In this world as a speaker, there's something to be said for having longevity. So that is true, too. Exactly. It's just you keep chipping away. And I think it's a little bit, you know, what have you done for me lately? You know, you have to come out with things and, and, and do stuff. And I feel like every year or two, I've been fortunate enough to either publish a book or do a TEDx talk. Um, one year I started writing for Harvard Business Review and that was really big. Um, then I wrote another book and now I write for, um, other outlets. So yeah, I mean, you just keep working at it and, and uh, you keep learning. I think that's another thing is you have to keep studying and you know how it is professional development and, and staying on top of your field really makes a difference as well. So now that you've been doing this for so long, what is it that you love about working for yourself versus your corporate days? What do you love about the entrepreneurial life? Ugh. I am a, I'm a control freak. I admit it. That probably has something to do with my line of work, (laughs) but I, you know, I love that it's all up to me, how much money I make when I work, when I don't work, uh, the clients I choose, the colleagues I choose, um, you know, when I travel, when I don't travel, everything is up to me. And I love that. Um, you know, the downside of that is there's always uncertainty, right? You, 
you know, on, on, on the one hand, I feel like, well, if I want more money, I just have to go out and figure out how to make more money. On the other hand, it's not always that easy. And so you have to be okay with the ups and downs and the, you know, crazy busy three months and then dead two months. And then, you know, and, and the sort of, you know, there's just no guarantees and you have to be okay with that. Well, and like I'm having 2017, I'm having the best year of my career by like nearly 50%. I'm way up over my previous years and, and I can't complain about previous years. So I'm really excited. But then I get sort of this fear of, oh my God, I have to do it again in 2018. You know, mm. is it a blip? Do you, do you feel that way sometimes? Like, oh my God, it could all just stop. Yeah, it's funny. I was in, in this group of business owners and I was telling them and I feel like it's it's often, you know, it feels like it's it's two steps forward and one step back. So the growth trajectory is sort of, is in general up, but a dip every, you know, every couple of years. And I, and I was, I told them, I said, I'm here to try to eliminate those dips. And they all laughed at me like, yeah, good luck with <laughs> good, that. Good, <laughs> right? good luck, Mara. <laughs> tell me, tell me when you figure out I'd have no dips in your business. That's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so if someone's listening to this and, and they want to go off and, and create their own way, whatever it is they want to do, but they want to be more entrepreneurial, what advice do you have for them? Yeah, you know, I think that this advice works for anyone, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not, but I think it's so important to be an expert at something. Know more than most people and perhaps know as much as anyone about something, anything, anything that you're interested in, anything that you really enjoy, become a, a true expert at it. And then the opportunities really open up to you, whether you want to go into business for that, you know, teaching other people how to, how to be an expert in, in that thing that you're an expert in, or um, even in corporate America, right? You can take charge of your own career by being like the, in, in corporate America, they call it a, a, a SME, right? Be the subject matter expert so that everybody, you know, you're the go-to person. Um, and I think it really gives you an edge regardless of your career path. So how important is someone's network when it comes to being sort of a solo or an or a early stage entrepreneur? How important is networking and connecting with other people? I think networking is, is everything. I think that, um, you know, you don't have coworkers, so you rely on your network to tell, to help you with, um, you know, to be your social support, to be your mentors, to be your colleagues, to, to, um, you know, share wisdom and solve problems. And just, you know, every time you get to meet with somebody and, and discuss things, I think you take away a new perspective. And so every, every so often um, I joined something new, right? I join a new team. I join a new business group. I join a new networking group. I join a new community of something where um, you have the opportunity to meet new people and and you just sort of maximize your network. That way there's this, you know, you just join a group or show up at a meeting and suddenly you have this whole new group of people that you didn't have before. So I think it's really great and really important. Hey, I've got a couple more questions for you before I can let you go. But first... I got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you will sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Maura Thomas. 
hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. Hey, Mara, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what's the coolest thing you're doing in your business right now? That's another reason I love being in business, because if you're doing it right, there's always something cool happening, right? Um, so the latest thing for me is that my new book came out in February. Congratulations. And Thank you. And I've relied on wisdom and research from a whole bunch of other people that I admire and I think are super smart. Um, I quoted them and I, I quoted their research. And for everybody that I quoted in the book, I sent them a copy and I wrote them a note and said, here, just wanted you to have this. Thanks for, you know, your help in, uh, in doing what I do. And so many of them have been so gracious. Um, Big name people have written back. The latest was uh, Ariana Huffington mm. wrote to me and actually invited me as a result of my book to um, be a contributor to her new business, Thrive Global. Nice. So I'm going to start writing for them pretty soon. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And you know, just a little sideline, everybody, I've, I don't know Ariana Huffington, but everybody I know who's encountered her either in a professional situation like this, sending her a copy of the book and getting a quote from her or who've worked with her on a project or who've just run into her in the airport. I hear this type of stuff back about her all the time that she always follows through. She does what she says she was going to do. She always answers emails. And I think that's amazing. And so I, I, I hope I cross paths with her sometime because uh, apparently she's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. At least she's been very cool to me. Many people have been very gracious. It's really, it's, it's really nice. And then you realize, you know, they're su super smart and they're out there doing this amazing stuff in the world. And they're just people. And just like we do, they like to hear that people are benefiting from their work. So I think that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Hey, so I love to ask people who come on the show, who is it that they admire? And one of the reasons I ask that is I think that entrepreneurs are observers. I think we do more than just start businesses. I think we're kind of watching what other people are doing. And I love to say uh, to the people who come on the show, who is it out there in entrepreneur land that you look at and say, God, he or she, they are crushing it. They're doing cool things. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> I'm really inspired by people who are using their businesses to solve global problems. Um, for example, there's a chapter here in Austin of the Plus Social Good movement, which um, supports businesses, both for-profit and non-profit, that work to solve society's most pressing issues. Uh, there's another organization called the B Corp Certification, which is to business what the Fair Trade Certification is to food products. Hmm. Um, and... Uh, they support and certify companies that are out doing great things in the world. Uh, another homegrown Austin business is uh, On The Dot, which offers a newsletter highlighting empowered women in order to empower other women. As, and, the, fa as the father of two daughters, um, I like that. I'll have to get my daughters signed up for that. Yeah, On The Dot. Uh, it's, it's pretty great. And I think that more and more people are interested in how the businesses they patronize spend their dollars and contributing to the world in a positive way is becoming really important. And um, my business is enrolled in another great program called Austin Gives, which requires members to pledge to donate a portion of their proceeds to charity. So that kind of work really inspires me. Well, and that leads right into the last question. And that is, what do you do to serve the greater good? Because I, I think that as entrepreneurs, we can do so much. And sometimes people get caught up in starting their business and they, they forget. And one of the things I did 
gosh, it's a decade ago, it's before I was doing this full time, is I started pledging just a small percentage of speeches I give to research for kids born with craniofacial abnormalities because my 15-year-old had to have her entire skull rebuilt as a kid. And it, it, it was awful at the time. Of course, now she's 15 and she's fine, but it, it wasn't a fun thing for us to go through. And craniofacial abnormalities impact like one in less than one in 4,000 kids that are born in the United States. And so we started these two funds at Children's Hospital here in Austin, Dell Children's Medical Center, and the Rady Children's uh, Hospital in San Diego, where Kate was actually operated on. And I, I'm not rich. I don't come from a family that has their name on the walls of hospitals. But one of the things that we did is we just, every time I give a speech, we write a little check to match that little percentage that we've promised to do. And it's over $70,000 now, a decade later. And it blows my mind that my little business that barely supported my family for the first four years, uh, you know, has been able to donate and raise that kind of money. And so, you know, I get really excited when I talk to people like you who I know are, are really cause driven. So what is it that you do? What do you support? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, lots of different things. So yes, as a member of Austin Gives, similar to what you do, um, a percentage you pledge to, um, to donate a percentage. So same thing with me. I've been, uh, taken aside a percentage of all the revenue that my business has generated. And actually I finally, um, achieved a, something that's been a goal for a long time, which is to, to start a foundation, nice. um, through Austin community foundation. So now we have this, uh, pile of money that we can use to support, uh, good causes here and, and around the world. I also, uh, serve on nonprofit boards often here, um, here locally and, um, I do a pro bono presentation um, to a charity uh, at least once a quarter. Sometimes it ends up being a little bit more than that because I have a hard time saying no. Yeah, I do the same thing. My, <laughs> if, yeah. the, if the right charity calls, it's like, of course, I'll help you out. Right. When, uh, yeah, when as long as my schedule allows, um, uh, I'll do, uh, I'll offer my work for free to, to charities. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's super important and I, I wish everybody did. The great news is I've only had two or three people who've ever been on the show who asked me to delete that question because they, in one case, they really didn't do anything. In another case, uh, they were very private about it. They were doing some stuff, but they didn't want to talk about it. In every other case, people have had from small things to gargantuan things that they're doing. And it's inspired me now that I'm well over 250 interviews that the majority of entrepreneurs, whether they're solopreneurs or whether they're companies, have some sort of a cause that they're tying their success to directly or indirectly. And and I think that's awesome. I think it says a lot for the world of entrepreneurship. So, And of course, I think you're a good example of that too. Thanks so much. So, Maura, before we leave, is there any other little nugget of attention that we didn't get to? Is there anything that, that if you could say one more thing to the entrepreneurial audience, what's one last little tidbit you'd give them? That is a good question because we covered a lot. <laughs> uh, I think it is super important to recognize that um, doesn't make them bad people, but in the technology world, in technology development – there is a a real concerted effort to control your behavior through your technology, right? They to try to influence your behavior, to interact more with the website, with an app, with with some uh, piece of technology, and and it is being it is it is a, a concerted effort to influence your behavior. And so if that's true and you're going to take advantage of all the technology that we have available to us, which I absolutely think everybody should, 
But it's important to know if they are working to influence your behavior, then your only defense against that is your ability to control your attention. And so it Mastering attention management to me is the most critical skill now and going into the future. So, Maura, if people listen to this and they're like, oh my gosh, we have to bring Maura Thomas in to talk to our company because everything she talked about is what's plaguing us, or they want to find out about your books, or they just need to know more about you, where should people go? Thanks for asking. You can find out, anybody can find out anything they need to know, to know at maurathomas.com. And my books are available in paperback and audio and ebook everywhere books are sold. And what are the titles of your books? My first book is called Personal Productivity Secrets. And the latest book is called Work Without Walls. Awesome. Well, Mara Thomas, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and sharing so much information with the audience of cool things entrepreneurs do. I appreciate you and I'm glad to call you my friend. And for those of you who are listening, I say it every single show, if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. Why would we do this? So thank you for tuning in. Please tell your friends about cool things entrepreneurs do. Jump over to iTunes, leave a review. If you want to get involved with the group coaching program, The Potential Mastermind Project, jump over to potentialmastermind.com and you'll find out more about that little community. And then you can always follow us on Facebook, Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, or on Twitter, at Cool Podcast. All right, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Maura Thomas. But in the meantime, I challenge you, go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>